This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, folks. Okie dokie. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian and Java. I want to let you know that the dirt on the floor in here I did not do this. I, I mean, I, that's not it's not my dirt. I got mud, but that's somebody else been in here. I just don't want to get blamed for it. Hey, y'all, we're gonna be talking about gardening. If you want to do it, if you want to join us, if you got some things you want to yak about, things you want to question about or share, bring it on. We're gonna be talking about nothing but gardening uh, here in the deep south. I know a lot of folks listen by way of podcasts. I appreciate all the NPR people from all over the place. And I mean, keep in mind, even though I've got a pretty thick southern accent, my people have been here since the 1600s. You know, it's just the way we talk. Uh, adapted to the to the, to the slow long season of not having a whole lot to do, we don't have to get ready for winter. You know, uh, job up north, our friends already got snow, and they're shut down. Yeah, my uh, my sister she recently moved to Colorado, and uh, uh-huh. they've they've way had their their first <laughs> snow a long time ago. <laughs> you know, we don't because we don't have to get ready for anything. We just take our time. You know, we just take it like it comes. We're not we're not slow because we're lazy. We're slow because it's hot here most of the time, and we don't have to get ready for nothing. But I do want to jump in before we get too far in the show. Uh, last week was our pledge drive. I want to say thank you to everybody who um, who gave. We uh, you know we always come to you when we when we need to, and I uh, just want to say thank you for everybody who uh, contributed to our 2018 fall pledge drive. Which reminds me, you know, this is uh, I know you just set me up for this little segue into it, but uh, last week uh, I met the the loving son of Louise Maymay McClure. He was at the plant swap down in Mobile. Uh, uh, May May is 92 years old. She listens to the Gestalt Gardener. She sent us a $100 bill, but she says she wants a felder on a stick. So anyway, I got this thing in my pocket. I don't know who to give it to, but uh, maybe you and I can go out and we celebrate May May's 93rd birthday when she comes around. Thank you, May May. Yeah, we do appreciate that. Uh, you know, I had a good time. I was at the, the Mobile Plant Swap uh, last uh, Saturday. Uh, I met a guy named Dr. Arthur Frankel, his lovely and patient wife. Um, he came up. He said he'd been listening to the program a long time. I appreciate that. I mentioned things like, um, oh, who's the guy that rolls a rock up the hill and rolls it back down? Sisyphus. Sisyphus was, an, was a, was a legend of Sisyphus. He was a an ancient king, and he was real smart. He decided he was going to outsmart all the gods. that They had a lot of gods laying around at the time. And they got really honked off at him, and they punished him by making a roll of rock up a mountain. He got up the top, it would roll back down. He had to trudge down to the bottom of the mountain, roll it back up the mountain, and get up the top, it would roll back down. Uh, so that Sisyphean task of doing endless, repetitive, never-stopping tasks... <sighs> Gardening is not like that. Well, mowing the grass is like that. Mowing the best, shaving is like that. Uh, planting stuff in the fall, planting stuff in the spring. You know, these aren't never-ending, ceaseless toil. They're things that we enjoy doing. If you don't enjoy doing them, you don't have to do them. Uh, a gardener will not roll a rock up a mountain for eons like Sisyphus would. We break it up in a little rock and line the path with it. So anyway, don't think of gardening as a Sisyphean task, as never-ending has to be done. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. We have alternatives to lawns. We have alternatives to planting annuals all the time. There's so many approaches you can do. We can just sit back and enjoy the seasons. And speaking of which, this is a fantastic uh, 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 season. 
It's, uh, I saw a lot of fall colors went up to Memphis yesterday. The, the uh, sumac is in full, brilliant scarlet red color. Uh, I'm starting to see trees on the other side. Because of the, the uh, storm that blew through this past uh, night before last, a lot of leaves are on the ground. A lot of fall leaves hit the ground suddenly, but the rest are going to be fluttering down a few at a time. And I got a real easy time-saving trick for you who have a lot of trees in your yard. Don't feel like you've got to rake all those leaves. There's nothing unnatural about leaves on the ground under a tree. They actually decompose, feed the trees, and recycle the nutrients and provide food for worms that in turn dig deep holes that air and water and nutrients can penetrate down deep around your trees. So uh, it's okay to have tree roots exposed. A lot of botanic gardens do this on purpose. They See the exposed roots on top of the ground is is an elegant part of the tree. But here, if you've got grass and trees, grass and leaves, let me suggest instead of raking them all the time, mow them as long as you can. As long as you can mow them, and when you're done, you can still see some of the grass. Within a day or so, it'll all filter down in there. As long as you still see a little bit of the grass after you're done mowing the leaves, that will feed your grass, it'll feed the soil, it'll feed the worms, it'll feed your trees. And then when it gets so thick that you can't see the grass anymore, then you can start, I wouldn't rake them. I would blow them up under the trees or around your shrubs or something where they can in turn recycle those nutrients and feed the soil. So I'm not being all Mother Earth on you. It's just uh, it's, a, it's a lazy approach, and it works. So anyway, I mentioned uh, that it's a call-in program. It is. And the toll-free number is one eight seven seven mpb ring MPB is for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you can be in Colorado, you can be in Vermont, you can be in Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee. Give us a call. It's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring it's a beautiful, perfect weekend for getting out and doing some stuff. A great weekend for setting out violas. Getting late to put garlic in. You've still got time to put garlic in there. Or in pots. Garlic is a terrific uh, foliage plant over the wintertime. You put some, some uh, garlic in a pot, stick it down, oh, two or three, four inches, and uh, put you some violas on top of it, maybe a kale. you got a nice-looking uh, uh, pot that will take the coldest weather that we can have in the wintertime here in the Deep South. So uh, we can have stuff all winter long in pots, garlic, and uh, parsley, pansies, violas, chard, kale. Those things should be part of an ornamental garden. It just happens to be that when you get tired of looking at it, you can eat it. We're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff, folks, but let me throw out um, a couple of events that are happening this weekend. Uh, one is, and, and not this weekend, in two weeks, I'm going to be up in Pontotoc on November the 13th. That's a Tuesday night in Pontotoc. Um, it's going to be uh, at, at 6 o'clock at the community center there. I'm going to be talking about having fun in the garden. I'm going to cover a lot of different things in a fairly fast-paced, kind of a short program, lots of time for question and answer, guaranteed a fun time. It's a fun program. It's going to be uh, in Pontotoc, Mississippi, up north Mississippi, on uh, Tuesday, November the 13th. We're going to start at 6, 6 p.m., so get a little bit early. Uh, also, um, in a couple of weeks, the uh, Gulf Coast Camellia Society, Mississippi Gulf Coast Camellia Society, is having its 66th annual Camellia Show. That's going to be on November 17th. It's going to be in Lyman, Lyman Community Center, uh, just north of Gulfport. Uh, it, it, they're going to have hundreds of camellia blooms. And uh, you can learn about camellia care. You can take camellia flowers in. Uh, all, they can have camellia plants for sale. It's a free show. It starts at 1 o'clock on uh, November the 17th. 
And the last thing I've got, uh, this is coming up in a week and a half. Uh, it's the last workshop of the season, the Tishomingo State Park. And we're talking about as far northeast as you can get without being in Alabama or Tennessee. Tishomingo State Park, wonderful uh, old WPA uh, place. Saturday, November 10th, from 10 o'clock to 1130 at the Lodge. Uh, they're going to have some folks teaching how to make potpourri from debris and other trash from your garden. Uh, gourd crafting, how to make a gnome home, gourd planters, baskets. Also, how to make dry food mixes in jars for gift giving. All the proceeds are going to go to the Friends of Tishomingo Park. It's going to be $10 to cover supply and refreshments again Saturday, November the 10th. We've got time to talk about all of those next week. So, uh, what I want to do is just jump back in and do what we love doing the best. And let's talk with you about your garden. We're going to start out on the Gulf Coast in Gulfport. Good morning, Dr. Barrett. How are you this morning? Hello. Did I push the right button? He said, Java's holding his hand up. Um, you know, I only have one button here, folks. Don't make me use it. <laughs> okay, let's see. He's holding his finger up now. Dr. Barrett, are you, get, are you with us? Oh, well, please call back. A call came pouring in, and I screwed it up. My my one button, Java, one button. How long have you known me now? And I, every over the week, I screw up my one button. That's like Barney Fife and his one bullet. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Baird, if you would please call back. Uh, we'll work it out. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing. It's not a technical glitch. It's a Felder glitch. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break, come back with some a uh, couple of emails, hopefully Dr. Barrett. Anybody else is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to be talking about Okinawa spinach and um, roselle and also chrysanthemums other than just Clara Curtis or Country Girls. And uh, if you got some things you'd like to talk about, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're gonna. I see where Dr. Barrett's called back, but we got to start out in Columbus with Nick. Nick, how are you, sir? Hello. Okay, I wonder if there's something wrong with my button because I push the right button and it ain't working. Hmm. Okay, uh, Java. I, I, you want me to push the uh, the Dr. Barrett button and see if we can hang up on him too again? No, he said don't do that. It's my button. My button, not me. So we're going to work it out, folks. Hang on, Nick. Hang on, Dr. Bear. We'd like to mention I brought in a special little fruit this morning. It's a great big thing. It's, it's like a, a, a large apple, about the size of an apple, size of a softball. And it's bright chartreuse green and all knobby and bumpy. Uh, some people call it horse apple, horse apple or hedge apple. And uh, it's got a funny Latin name. It's called Maclura Pomifera. Pomifera is sort of like a pome, like an apple. And it's not really. It's in the mulberry family. It's bumpy like a mulberry, but it's round like a softball, bright chartreuse green, totally inedible. It's got a lot of latex. It's got that white sap in it, and uh, so you really can't eat it. But uh, I think bodock or horse apple or hedge apple, whatever you want to call it, is one of the coolest native plants. It's a native plant. Uh, Lewis and Merriweather found it. Uh, some of the early ex French explorers found it. And uh, it's called Boas, a lot of people call it Bodoc or Bodark. And that's because the French call it Boas 
de arc, D apostrophe A R C, Boas de arc, because the Native Americans, uh, the Osage uh, Indians from from uh, uh, Oklahoma, the Comanches, it has really really strong wood. It makes a fence post that will not rot for sixty years. Strong axe handles, incredibly uh, durable, wonderful for woodworking, um, but also it's it. Its branches are slightly curved. It's what the Native Americans used to make their bows for the bow and arrows because it's so strong and supple. So that's where the name Boas de Arc or Bodoc comes from, uh, from, from uh, using them for bows and arrows. Anyway, oddball thing. Native plant, really unusual, uh, so durable and thorny. It was used as a hedgerow. It was used before we had barbed wire to create a barrier against cattle. So anyway, just Boas de Arc, Bodoc, horse apple, hedge apple, whatever you want to call it, don't try to eat it. Uh, this is going to be a, a, a few things coming up soon. If you've got some events I can help promote, uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of towns I went through uh, this past weekend. I was on my way down to the uh, Mobile Plant Swap. Wonderful plant swap, by the way. I brought back some hidden ginger rhizomes, a dracaena for my son's office, rotten meat-smelling cactus called carrion cactus. Um, also brought in uh, uh, this this plant called, Ro- there's seed pods of a plant called roselle. Some people call it rosella. It grows like okra. It is a hibiscus. It grows like okra. Branching, beautiful little uh, hibiscus flowers. But it's got these small seed pods, I guess about an inch and a half or so diameter. They're delicious. You can eat them uh, raw. You can make beautiful jelly out of it. Um, anyway, I got that. Also got some pots of Okinawa spinach, kind of a shrubby ground cover. It's perennial, member of the chrysanthemum family. But it's got del- delicious, nutritious summer leaves. Got purple undersides. So Okinawa spinach, really good summer green. Okay, now... I've got flashing lights in here, and you just keep saying, don't do nothing, right? Don't push any of those buttons. Okay, I'm not going to do that. So, Nick, Dr. Barrett, please hold on. we got us an engineer in there, see what's going on. Anyway, I want to give a shout-out to Quitman, Mississippi, Waynesboro, Buckatuna, Shibuta. Yeah, I've been to Buckatuna and Shibuta in one weekend. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Alabama town called Fruitdale and Citronella. I spent a nice little, little delightful drive uh, down through the the along the the western edge of uh, Alabama, eastern edge of Mississippi, down to Mobile for the plant swap. Uh, if you'd like to organize a plant swap sometime, uh, shoot me an email. I've been doing plant swaps since the oh since the late nineteen eighties, I guess. Uh, one of our plant swaps was featured in Southern Living magazine. It's real, real easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's not you know don't have to have a bunch of rules, but there are a few guidelines for having a plant swap that make it less. Uh, tumultuous, I'll say. That's the best word I can use. Uh, by the way, in just a few minutes, I got a tune that uh, uh, we're going to play. It's not so much cheesy, but it's about my approach to your garden. Uh, if you if you have anything uh, you'd like to 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 uh, talk about, that, and you can't get through on the phone, you can email us. I get stuff at garden at mpbonline dot org. Uh, oh, I just got a <laughs> funny. I mentioned that I just got a text from one who lives in Utah, and she said, "Boas de Ark." means for uh, bow wood, but also it's called monkey brains. I don't know why it's called monkey brain. Ain't no monkeys in North America, but it, I guess it would look like a feverish little monkey's brain. Okay, there's a lot of consultations in there about whether I should push a button. No, they're not paying attention to me, so let's 
folks, why, why Java's not paying attention? What can we talk about? Shoot me an email at garden at mpbonline.org, and it'll come straight to me. Um, one of the things that I, I got an email about a couple of weeks ago I thought was real interesting is uh, Zach uh, Branch said he loves the way beech trees look in the woods in, the, in Mississippi, especially in the winter, and how they keep their leaves. Well, beeches do keep their leaves. But he said, I've transplanted a few in my yard, but something's growing on the bark of one of them. I've noticed on the trees in the woods, but not nearly as bad. It can't be good for the tree, but it seems to be flourishing. It's these pr- thick, corky wings that are growing off the branch. A branch got these little protuberances all up and down, almost like the the uh, the feathers on a on a bow, and they're all up and down. Well, it turned out it's not a beech tree at all. Okay, I, I t- I'm gonna c- keep you suspenseful about what it is, but well, you say go to Nick, but there's no bu- no br- which button should I push? Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hello. Phil, how are you doing? I'm fine. Phil, they, they took all the buttons. They, they they took all the buttons away from me, and they're just telling me what to do now. And it works. What's going on, man? All right, a golden rain tree. Yep. I I live ten miles west of Mississippi State, and I would like to know whether this golden rain tree is a perennial or a annual, and whichever one it is, how can I take care of it over the winter? Well, if it's a golden rain tree, you put it out in your yard. It's a it's a yard tree. It's perfectly hardy. It's got beautiful. It's a beautiful tree. Golden. I learned about golden rain tree at Mississippi State. But it's a tree, and it wants to be outside. So I'd plant it sometime in the next few weeks and let it go through the winter time like normal. Just like a regular tree. It is just a regular tree. It's got really pretty uh, flowers. It's got uh, r- very unusual uh, papery seed pods in the fall. It's, it's a beautiful tree, and it's a, not a big tree like an oak, but it's big, you know it's a medium sized tree. So give us a room to grow, but put it out, dig you a nice wide hole, and don't plant it too deep. And it'll you know the winter time is good for it. So get, when you get a chance, put it out where you can have a nice shade tree. Okay, so it is an annual. No, it's a tree. You put it out like, you think oak tree, think uh, magnolia, think pine. It's a tree, tree tree. It'll get turn into a tree. Okay, okay well, it's blooming right now. Yeah, well, if it is a golden rain tree, go ahead and put it out. It likes to be exposed to the wintertime. It needs to drop its leaves and get exposed to cold just like any other tree. Think think uh, prettier than oak, oak tree. All right, I've got it in a 30-gallon pot. i got two of them in 30-gallon pots right now. It's a tree. And I'm going to transfer them all yeah. over to the ground. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to cut them back before no. I plant them, do it's, I? It's, if it's golden rain tree, it's just a tree. Loosen up all that potting. It's too much potting. So when you, when you pull it out of the pot, loosen that potting soil up and plant it in mostly dirt. That's what it wants to be. It's just a tree. It's a pretty tree, but it's just a tree. Yeah, it's pretty. All righty, man. Well, I appreciate it. You bet. I appreciate it very much. Heck yeah. Thank no, you. Nothing to it, Nick. Okay, now you took all my buttons away, Java. So I'm, Dr. Barrett's on the he's on the line, but I don't know what to do here. Yeah, we're going to get Dr. Barrett on the line. Uh, let's go ahead and let's do our cheesy tune, because I was listening to it earlier, um, and I was like, this is one of your better songs. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you think Dr. Barrett's going to hang on? Yeah, he's yeah he's he's gonna be here. Okay, okay. We, this this tune, folks, is about my approach to your garden. I've got a song. I ain't got no melody. I'm a- 
Welcome back. Horticulture's Phil rushing. Looks like I was the one who messed up the button, but that's okay. We got Dr. Barrett on the line. Dr. Barrett, thank you so much. Apologize. Sure. You know, I got these. I, I hope if you're a surgeon, you don't have fingers like me. No, no, I'm not a surgeon. <laughs> I'm a microbiologist. I used to teach at the medical school. Okay, okay. okay. But uh, I'm growing citrus down here, and I have a. When I moved down here from Texas, uh, I came across these popcorn trees down here, and. Uh-huh. Uh, I took it upon myself to be uh, the eradicator down in the Gulf Coast here. Good luck on that, and, Doc. Uh, well, it's a matter of everybody getting together on the coast to 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 go to a to a website called HelpStopThePop.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you announce that, that's a great thing. And so, Gulfport is going to be the first city on the Gulf Coast that's going to eradicate this cursed tree. It's a it's, and, uh, it's 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 a it's a vigorous spreader, no question about that. Man, but there are some studies in Louisiana where it actually benefits some amount of wildlife, but it does make quite a thicket, quite a thicket. It's a tough one. Well, and it's gonna be hard to get rid of. I don't need to tell you that. If you if you studied it up on it, you know it's there, going to be a tough there, one. There there is a chem- there is a chemical that's that if you go to this website, you can get this chemical. It's called Polaris, and you make two cuts in the trunk of the tree. And put in about a milliliter on each cut, and we got to do this before the winter starts. The sap starts flowing backwards down to yeah. the roots. Yeah, you have to do it before before that happens. So yeah. you got to wait until next spring for it to to do it again. So please make the announcement about well, this this cursed tree. Well, and, and by the way, okay. and, and this is this, this is kind of a, I, I wish it was so way they could clone just the male ones because it has got a pretty fall color. But the the females, uh, you know, they're separate male and female. The females are the ones that have the 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 fruit that look like white, closer look like popcorn, and uh, that's and, correct. And uh, that's yeah. that's you know that's how it spreads. But the males are, ju- I mean, they're they're gorgeous trees, but they do tend to spread and take over. But anyway, it's called Stop the well, Pop. Help! Help! Stopthepop.com. Oh. Help! Stop Everybody the- goes to this. Yeah, help! Stop the pop. It's all together. 
you send it in and you give a report on your area where you see the trees and you just report them. So they're making a giant uh, Eradicate. Yeah, survey just, yeah. to survey of where they are. And so each city has to then take it for themselves to get their arborist, if they have one, to start eradication. So we're doing that in Gulfport, and we're going to be number one on the Gulf Coast to get good, rid of this thing. Good, good luck and, on it, uh, Doc, because that, that tree is okay. everywhere. Good luck on it. And I appreciate your persistence and, and, and calling thank back. You, thank, thank you for you. your program. Thank you for your program very much. Appreciate okay, bye-bye. it. Thank you. Okay, help stop the pop.com uh, trying to get rid of a Chinese tallow tree. I, you know, there's a lot of them out there. There's a whole lot of invasive species, and this is one. It's a beautiful, it's one of our prettiest fall colors, but it has taken over quite a bit. And I wish they could come up with one that was just male. Uh, you know, when they grow up a seed, you can't tell what you're going to get. Uh, anyway, if you've got some things I can help promote right now, our phones are have a difficulty. We're getting emails. If you want to give us a, an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I got an email uh, this past week from Cassie Holly. Uh, she has these wooden mushrooms that are growing out of her oak tree. They're those shelf mushrooms. Uh, they just sort of stick straight out like a little small shelf. You could just about put a pair of glasses or a cup of coffee on them. And she wanted to know if they're harmful to her oak trees, and if they are, how she get rid of them. Uh, well, here's the deal on that. The, these shelf muf- mushrooms uh, that stick straight out from the trees, by the time you see them, they're not toadstools. They're, they're not mushrooms. They're just called that. They're, they're, they're fungi that decay old wood. Old wood decays by by different things, but the the, the fungus, and uh, when it gets into a tree, the tree gets a bad wound or lightning damage or or anything. If, if once you get the fungus into the tree, it spreads like like threads through this wood, and it decomposes it. And when things are right, it sends out this version of a mushroom. It looks like a little shelf sticking out. By the time you see that. The fungus is already well established. There's no cure for it. There's no control for it. There's not much you can do. But a tree can be perfectly, completely hollow and still be fine. You know, it's just, just dead wood on the inside. So probably lightning, bad wound, ice damage, something like that. What I would recommend, because it's practical, is just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can, because there ain't squat you can do about it. Now, we're going to go to Patricia. She's also on the Gulf Coast. Hey, Patricia, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I want to tell you about Bodark in northeast Texas. We did use them for fence posts, but we also used the apples. We cut them in half and put them around. They kept the fleas away from the house. You know, there's a, there's been some studies on that. And uh, I guess as they dry and concentrate, you know, it, they, they've done studies that said that by themselves, an individual can't do it. But as they, as, you know, if it's about a concentration. As they dry down, it probably concentrates that oil that does that. But I've, I've heard We never that, knew what it was. Yeah, we never it, knew what it was, but it did work. Yeah, and it's a cool plant, but don't put, don't pitch your tent on And they got the trees got thorns, too. Oh yeah. So, and uh, you know, this is about back during the uh, uh, Roosevelt days when they had the WPA days. They actually planted these as windbreaks and 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 fences. So anyway, it's a cool plant. It's a native plant, but uh, ain't much else you can do with it except throw them at cats or, uh, excuse me, throw them at little boys, <laughs> <laughs> or use them to repel insects around the house. Anyway, thank you for calling about that. And you call it Bodark. Bodark. I call it Bodark. Yes. Did you know the name comes from Boas de Ark? Yes, I've seen it in writing, even when I was a kid in Texas, but we pronounced it Bodark. 
Yeah, you know why? Because you're from Texas. You know, that's right. <laughs> that, that's right. Okay. Well, listen. We that's appreciate right. your call. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Apparently, our phones are working. You want to give us a call? It's toll free. No, no, no. Java says no. She said, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Well, while they're working on that, let me throw this out. I've been two plant swaps in the past week, and they're really fun. The first one was at the Flora Library. This is something started in 1990, so it just finishes. This is the 28th annual that, that we've had. Uh, uh, Janice Watkins, she was a librarian there. She started it, and it turned out to be the longest-running, twice-yearly plant swap in the known universe. Um, it's and these things are so much more than gardening. Um, just like down in Mobile, people bring plants. <clears throat> excuse me. They bring uh, a plant or two, uh, hopefully with a name on it. They set them out there, and they p- people put they put numbers on the plants. And then, uh, you know, you just, uh, when, when it's your time, you go out and just pick up the one you want or, or whichever plant has the number that corresponds to your name. But anyway, before social media, Janice, she just spread the word verbally for people to bring a plant or two, and it was overwhelming. People were schlepping pots and buckets and bags and homegrown shrubs and trees and tropical plants and bulbs and seeds and wildflowers and herbs. The sheer variety of what's been brought in over the years is just incredible. And these are plants that that have they have value, whether they're pretty or they're tasty or they're uh, they have a story with them or they're extra fragrant or they're long blooming, whatever. The more values a plant has, the more different kinds of people are going to grow it. I mean, poison ivy's got be- beautiful fall colors. That ain't enough. It needs more than that, and unfortunately it doesn't have it, although it is good for wildlife. Uh, but anyway, people bring in all these plants because they're pretty or they're durable or they're, they've got value, but also they're easy to grow. If it's difficult, if it needs horticulture uh, life support, not many people are going to grow it, just horticulturists and gardeners. So it's got to be tough. It's got to be durable. It's got to be easy to grow without knowing any horticulture bells and whistles. Uh, typically, they're free of pests. Nobody shares a plant that's all boogered up with insects and diseases. But the most important thing about it is it's easy to share. They propagate from cuttings or from seed or division. Uh, you can root them in water, whatever. The easier it is to share, the faster it's going to spread. Uh, anyway, and all these kind of plants... I can tell you their Latin names. That's not important at all. But just give you an idea of the kinds of plants that we brought. Uh, the, the, well, I tell you what. Before we go that, let's go up to Memphis. We go from from the bottom all the way up to the top to Memphis, Tennessee. Good morning, Kay. Thank you for calling. Hey, good, Hi. good. At least I can talk to you. That's right. I have two different. I have two different subjects here, so don't think when I finish with one asking two or three questions, I'm through. So yeah. anyway, number one is. When I sort of neatened up my Spirea Van Hoodie eye the other day, I, as I figured I didn't take care of it as I should during the summer. But anyway, there are two or three limbs down low that I really want to get off. But I wondered, can they be rooted this time of year? Well, they they might be able to. Uh, you know, it, it, as a general rule of thumb, the plants that drop their leaves in the winter root best in the winter. So what I would do is, uh, uh-huh. is, is uh, you know, you cut those branches off and then cut them into short p- pieces about the size of a pencil. You and I are old enough to remember what pencils are. But you yeah. take a piece oh, of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, four, five, six inches or so long. And if you got a sunny, uh-huh. if you got a place that's sunny, a sunny flower bed, you know, kind of work it. What I do is I've got a little area that I plant pansies and violas. 
and the dirt's pretty uh-huh. good. And I stick my cuttings down in between those. And next spring, when it's time to dig those up, the plants that are rooted are ready to, to, to move on. So give that a try. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, number two. Now, I, I know there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm talking about white scale. I have it on a crape myrtle, which is out away from anything else, and I, it was going to be cut down anyway. When is the best time? Does it go dormant in the winter, or should I cut it down now and dispose of it, or what? Well, you're talking about the, the, just getting rid of the crape myrtle tree? Yes. It oh. came up right against my driveway. I don't want yeah. it there. Yeah. You... Uh, it's about, about five or six branches, so... Oh, so you want to cut branches? So I, you want to cut branches off? No, I want to, to cut the whole. I want to cut the whole thing down. You do that whenever, when you, whenever you get anybody to help you, because it's gonna, it's gonna take more than you and me to do it. But anytime you get around to it, that's the best time. Oh, you think I can't do it, man? I can get, get a hold of a chainsaw and I can have that thing down. But I, <laughs> yes, man. I, I wish it were. I wish it were colder. And um, I had my wood-burning stove working. I burned the darn stuff. Well, you know, it, at the bottom, it is thick. It it is in crepe myrtle, but but it right now, the, as you know, if you got a chainsaw and a wood-burning stove, you need to let it lay up and season a little while and dry out because it got too. It'll pop and crack and throw stuff all over your place if you try to put it in green. I I go in and cut it cut it down and chop it up into to pieces and just let it uh, you know just let it dry before you burn it. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's not. You don't think it's going to spread anymore at this time of year? I won't, won't spread. You I know. have some other crazy. I have some other crazy myrtles, but not anything closer than about thirty feet from it. And I and the neighbor has some, but there's no other infestation except well, on that one. one well, see, see, it, it's it spreads by by little seeds. You know, those it's not all crazy myrtles spread, but those that spread spread by seed. And once you get rid of it, there ain't no more yeah. seeds. But are you gonna have to come back and uh, around the edge of that of that stump next spring? It might sprout back out. Just step on those things, or or hit them with the back end of a hatchet, or something like that. To, in other words, the, the the trunk will sprout back out. But you can take care if you can take care of the big one. The little one ain't no, it ain't squat. Ain't nothing to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's all I needed to know. Okay. So, and 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 by the way, and, and I I gotta say you're you're right in calling me back. You know, I didn't know you had a chainsaw. <laughs> oh yeah, I have had chainsaws. Um, I just observed my ADA and I can still get out there with my chainsaw. And I've owned chainsaws. My husband died in '85, and I've been using chainsaws since '85. Well, bless your heart. Anyway, and if you hadn't been outside yet, it feels pretty good outside right now. So anyway, I do appreciate your call. Thank you so much, and good luck with that crate myrtle. Oh, she Java. She called me down on that. I mean, she did, she said, "You think I can't get rid of that crepe myrtle tree?" <laughs> Folks, we've been uh, talking about gardening anytime during the week. If you want to shoot us an email, anytime garden at mpbonline dot org. I wanted to mention just some of the plants I got at the uh, plant swap: milk and wine lily, butcher broom, cashmere bouquet, princess feather, touch me not, bird's eye pepper, walking iris, Turk's turban, horsetail, chicken gizzard, snake plant, Moses the boat, elephant ears. All at one plant swap. And you can find those in any garden center, folks. We're going to be talking about gardening, about sharing gardening, about relaxing, about getting the most out of your garden. Best way, most efficient way to do your chores or the easiest way to avoid them. We're going to uh, take a quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. By the way, that is a duet on the instrument called a theremin. Only instrument where you don't touch it to play it. 
We'll be right back. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Okay, you know, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rush and got a few emails, but uh, let's go to Edwards, Mississippi, a village called Edwards. Hey, Larry, good morning, sir. Good morning, Felder. How are you? Fine. What's going on? Well, listen, I have two contorted mulberry trees. I bought them uh, last spring a year ago. They were 18 inches apiece. I planted them. They grew the first year six or eight feet straight up. This year they are branched out, the beautiful contorted limbs on them. Uh, They are just gorgeous. How long until they start making mulberries? You know, I'm not sure this particular kind of mulberry, which, by the way, another name for it is Harry Lauder's walking stick. I don't know that this one makes fruit. I've seen them flower, but I've never seen a, the contorta mulberry with, with fruit on it. It might be a sterile variety. I, I just, it's a good question, but I don't know. I'm not sure that it makes mulberries. Well, a friend of mine has one, and hers does make mulberries. Okay, and it's a, it's similar, it's a contorta one like yours or just a regular mulberry? Yeah. No, it is contorted. Okay. If it's grown from seed, it might take it uh, uh, two or three, four years because plants go through a juvenile phase just like people do. Uh, but right. uh, So let's, you know, let's just wait and see. Let's see what, you know, maybe if it was grown from a cutting, it could do, it could make them next year because they make cuttings off of mature wood. So it just depends on whether it's grown from a seed or grown from a cutting. A cutting, yeah. it just as soon as it settles down and it feels at home in Edwards, it'll start fruiting. Yeah. Well, I bought them from a nursery, so I have no clue yeah. which they are. Yeah. But, uh, Just have to wait and listen, see. I'm from, yeah, I'm from Edwards. My mother was Mary Floyd, that her and Dr. Dirt were. I knew Mary. Uh, I, I, I visit yeah. Miss. I visit your your mother. I visit her so many times. I have a plant blooming in my garden that came from her. Is that vine with the? She called it firecracker vine. I've got it in my yard. It came from from your mom. Yeah, she was a special lady. She. She was crazy about you. Well, we had a good time. I used to visit her all the time. Listen, I appreciate it, Larry. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Yeah, by by the way, I got an email from uh, Jennifer Griffith. She said, uh, bought a home that's got a beautiful oak trees, but the live oak, the crown jewel, is splitting. Anyway, she can keep keep it from splitting. She heard that in New Orleans, people put bricks in the center to give them more stability. Uh, no, that won't work. To put in the bricks or seashells or or, uh, or deer antlers or gnomes or whatever, all that does is just fill up the crack. Uh, once these trees start splitting because of ice damage or lightning or anything like that, the interior starts to decay. There's nothing we can do to stop that. I'm real sure of this. Uh, so if the tree is more than two-thirds of the way around is healthy, if you just got to split on one side of it, chances are, sh- are great that the tree will end up being hollow but still perfectly healthy. I'm real sure about that. So I wouldn't worry too much about that, uh, Jennifer. If you need some more, I- I'll shoot you an email a little, little bit later. Also got a uh, uh, an email from George Collar, Kohler. He said he wanted to give me some more information about the Roselle flower. He said it's known by its Spanish name, uh, Flora uh, Jamaica, 
Flora de Jamaica. It's very popular, delicious drink in Mexican restaurants. Jamaica made from the calyx around the sea. It looks like a short, squat, brilliant red okra with all these little these pulpy things you pull off and you can eat them. Uh, she said, he said it goes really well here, but it's daylight dependent. Uh, so uh, it'll survive the summer, but it doesn't really take off until fall. And uh, anyway, I've got some seeds of it. It's been a while since I've, I've grown. I'm going to give it a, a, a try. Let's go to uh, Walls and talk to, I can't say, to Larry in Walls. Hey, Larry, what's up, man? Hi, how you doing this I'm morning? I'm fine. I was right close to Walls the other day. You're almost missing, about as close to Memphis as you can be without and still being the Delta. That's correct. What's up? And uh, so uh, I have two questions. I have got uh, moles or uh, voles or something in my yard, and I've tried to vibrate little things. I've tried the stuff you get at the Home Depot to put on there, and I cannot get rid of those moles. Then the second thing I have in my yard looks like mushrooms. Yeah. Can you help with either or? A couple of them. Uh, one, uh, are these things, are they humping up tunnels across your yard, just zigzag little little uh, humped up trails? Oh, yeah, all over the yard. Okay, those would be moles. Voles make a little hole. Voles are a little small thing, not a whole lot bigger than your thumb. And uh, But moles was humping it up. Uh, Larry, I'm real sure about what I'm about to say. The only thing that we know will work against moles is one of these plunger-type traps. And you got to be persistent. you got to read the instructions on how to find their main run. Sort of like they got a hallway and a bunch of little short one-shot feeding tunnels. You need to find the main run and put the mole trap on there. It might take a little while to, f- to figure it out, but if you're persistent... It is by far the best control. It's a plunger-type trap. main thing, you've got to find out where their main run is, not a one-shot feeding tunnel. So, And it will work. Okay, so that's that. What? That, that's that middle trap where you pull it up and it's a spike in the ground. And gets yep. Up. Yep, yep, yep. But again, okay. the, the the two keys are you got to make sure it's on uh, like their hallway that you use back and forth from their burrow to where they're, they're feeding ground. And uh, you can find that by lightly mashing down on one that you think might be it just very lightly. If it's pushed back up the next day, that's where you put your trap. So then oh, that, it, the, cool. all, everything else that they sell is pure hooey. I'm very sure of this. Well, I've had this problem for uh, yeah. uh Years, but they really uh, yeah. have really infested the yard. Now yeah. my dog goes and digs at a hole. Yeah, but she's got like twenty holes dug. Yeah, yeah. Yet, do, uh, do, sometimes do, he catches one. But do, dog does more damage than the than the moles do. And really, you know, unless you you know step in it, twist your ankle, they don't really hurt that much. It just irritates you. But anyway, mole trap. That, that's it. As far as the mushrooms, okay. by the time you see a mushroom, it's sort of like the fungus's version of a flower. And it doesn't flower till conditions are right. So you've got a fungus out there that's happy. It's decaying old tree roots or dead uh, dead stuff or grass clipping. You know, anything that's, that's decaying, it decays by fungus. And when it's happy, when the weather's right, when we have moisture and, sun, and, and the, they, they send up their version of a celebration. So what you're seeing is a happy fungus. There's nothing you can do to kill it. It's not probably not going to hurt any of your plants. It's feeding on decaying organic matter. So I just kick them over, make sure your dog doesn't chew on them, and keep on going because there ain't nothing you can do about it. Just enjoy them. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank pre- you so much. You've been a great help. Okay, Larry. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All righty. Huh. We've been getting a few phone calls here. By the way, I do answer emails. I'm a little bit behind on a couple of them, but if you've got some uh, uh, some things you want to uh, talk about, 
shoot me an email anytime, garden at mpbonline. Uh, got an uh, a, a email from Bill Butler. He said he had 22 bags of leaves last year. Could emulsion and put in flower beds? He's having trouble with mulberry weeds. <laughs> and he said his roses have got grass around. Should I take up the grass and put mulch around? Yeah, that's 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 the way to do it. If you got a bunch of weeds, pull them as best you can and then cover them up. If they're perennial uh, weed, they're going to come back from, from roots and rhizomes and stuff. You're going to have to uh, treat it that way. But if it's got a, uh, um, if it's an annual, you pull it up, just drop it on the ground, cover it back up, and that'll pretty well do it. I do a lot of my weeding in the fall, heavy mulching, and that does a pretty good job of controlling it. He also wants to know, he's got an irrigation system. What's the best way to determine the amount of water to use? Well, turn it on, and we start standing, the water standing or running off in the curve. That's about five minutes too long. Uh, let's go to Brax to talk to Rosina. Good morning, lady. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. 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 Thanks um, for calling. Question, question is uh, overwintering a hibiscus yep. outside. I Ooh. talked to a lady this summer. She said she cut hers off and they covered it up with hay. And even last year, she had good luck with it coming back. Okay. Didn't okay. go into details. And it's been blooming. It's blooming right now. I don't know what, you know, it's colder. Yeah. So when should I cut it off and okay. dry it? Let me ask a couple of questions. First of all, I've been through Braxton, but I forget where it is. Um, About 30 miles south of Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it, and this is the tropical hibiscus, kind of a slick leaf and a real yeah. pretty flower. Okay, those uh-huh. if they're almost impossible to overwinter outside. I mean, they I are, don't have any. You know, it, it's in the ground. I don't have I, any. I, uh, if it loses it, out, lose it. I, I, that's what I'm saying. This this plant is very sensitive to cold, and if you cut it off to the uh-huh. ground. And most are real heavy, and we have a mild winter. It might sprout back out, but it's even on the Gulf Coast. A lot of times, it get killed by a frost. So, and uh, we have some sure. some hardy hibiscus, but that particular one, the tropical hibiscus, is extremely mm-hmm. sensitive to, to to cold. So, you know, could you so think about? Should I... <laughs> could, could, could could you uh, dig it up and put it in a pot and bring it in? Well, it wasn't my favorite color, so I thought I'd try it. Oh, it is or <laughs> but, is not um, your favorite? It is or is not your it's favorite? Not my fav- <laughs> it's not my favorite color, so I don't have anything to lose on it. Well, here's the thing. Um, but just- you know, if it works, it works. Yep, and uh, you know, and, and good luck on it. But I'm, you know, of all the hibiscus, that's one of the most popular and is the most sensitive. And I lived in Corpus Christi, I lived in San Diego, I traveled in tropic all over the place, but I've never seen one come back uh, north of the Gulf Coast ever. So anyway, uh, yeah, good luck on it. Yeah, should I cut? Should I cut it now? No, 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 no. It's uh, if, if they if they're predicting a frost. You know, if it could get oh, down okay. to freezing, you know, cut it back then. Get your get your bag of leaves ready, but enjoy it because okay. you know we might go a month before we have any any frost. Who knows? So I hope. But um, <laughs> you said there was hardy hibiscus. Yeah, have you ever be, uh, other than the Rosa Sharon? Well, Rosa Sharon is a good one. I mean, that's a great. Uh, yeah, you know, you I've see got, this. I've got those. You see this plant called uh, a Confederate Rose with the big pink flowers. Yeah. That's a hibiscus. Yeah. I grow okra. Okay. Okra has got the prettiest hibiscus flower. I have one called burgundy okra. Yeah. The leaves are burgundy, the yeah. pods are burgundy, but oh, it's got burgundy. the, it's got the, and, and I, I got the seeds local garden center. Burgundy okra grows from seed and no water at all. It's got the prettiest little pale yellow hibiscus flower you have ever seen. 
perfect. Thank you. Okay. Well, good luck. Hey, let us know how it does. If it does, well, I if, will. If it doesn't do, let. I was picking up. I'm sorry. If it doesn't do, let us know that too. So I was picking up the kind uh, that I got and the place that I got some of those three years ago and still got them. Uh-huh. So. You know. uh, it's a terrific plant. I, I worked at a garden center, Corpus Christi, was one of our best-selling plants. But yeah, it's just it's real sensitive frost. I'm not trying to be negative here, but just don't you know don't set your cap for it. Okay, appreciate it. Um, it's been a little rough this morning. I pushed a button and I blew something out in here. But yeah, Java, you, you've done a pretty good job. We we made it happen. Okay. We, uh, we thank all our uh, listeners for uh, being patient with us. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna muddle through. If you have a any time during the week, folks, you want to email me garden at mpbonline dot org. Whole lot of stuff going out. This is a beautiful weekend for putting out. If not in the ground, a pot full of pansies or violas. Throw a couple of daffodil bulbs deep. Put a viola or pansy on top of it. Maybe if you've got a herb garden, if you could find uh, the, the I'm just drawing a total blank on this thing, uh, parsley. Parsley is one of the prettiest, cold-hardy herbs you can have in your garden. So anyway, there's plenty of stuff to do this weekend. If nothing else, just get out and enjoy the fall colors. Uh, me and Java Chapman, we've been talking uh, with gardeners around the state and beyond today. MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we put us all together. Hey, if you get a chance this weekend, take a kid to a farmer's market. Take a kid to a garden center. Give them a $5 bill and tell them to buy some stuff, some pansies and daffodils, and a little pot. This is a way you can change a kid's life. The most important thing, though, during the week, if you have a chance to do something nice for somebody else in their garden, help them haul some leaves or you know, help the lady up in Memphis with her chainsaw, any way we can help each other get dirty. <laughs> That's what we do. I'm Horticulture's fellow Russian. We'll be back live here at MPB every Friday and Saturday. We'll talk to you later.